All right, guys, welcome back to the Business Shift podcast. Excited because we've got another guest on today, and I cannot wait to talk to them. We've got Deborah McLaughlin joining us. Deborah is the CEO of the Renegade Leader Coaching and Consulting Group. Since 2003, Deborah and her team have worked with leaders, teams, organizations, and small businesses to promote growth and impact. Deborah's background is rooted in a foundation of her corporate sales career, psychology expertise, and compelling desire to deliver deliver amplified business results. I cannot wait to bring her on and talk to you guys. So let's go ahead and cue that intro. Welcome to The Business Shift, the podcast for online entrepreneurs who are focused on making the shift to business owners. We talk about what it takes to build and grow a thriving digital empire and the transition required as you grow. This is a shift I chose to make in my own business, your client success, and one you'll want to consider making as you grow from solopreneur to business owner. Please share and enjoy. Deborah, welcome to the show. So happy to be here. Yes, I'm so excited. Yes, I cannot wait to chat to you, uh, chat with you, get some insights. So I would love to start the podcast with the question that I ask everybody who comes on the show, which is, do you think that there's a difference between being a solopreneur and a business owner? And if so, what is that difference? One difference is mindset. (laughs) You know, do you see yourself as a business owner or a, so, or a solopreneur? And really, what is your mindset about how you're personally defining that for yourself? Right. So what would you say is the difference between a business owner mindset and a solopreneur mindset? You know, and I've lived this journey myself. I think when I started my business, I definitely was a solopreneur in that I was thinking about, you know, you know myself, my clients, the service delivery, what I was doing. And really stepping into the business owner mindset is where you're thinking of an obligation to the business. You know, and you're asking yourself questions like, is this fiscally responsible to the business for me to make this choice or sign up for this other thing? You know, or to, to be able to say, you know, is this, this this subscription I've been hanging on to continuing to serve the business? Even I might like it, but it's asking yourself the the bit, you know, putting that business avatar in your mind and thinking, you know, what is my responsibility, my obligation to the business? That's is really what keeps it going and thriving. And, you know, and without that mindset, you know, you run the risk of, of growing a business, but not able to sustain the business. Right. Okay. So can you tell me a little bit more about your personal journey with entrepreneurship and, and growing your business and kind of making that transition from solopreneur to business owner? Well, it really was a a shift that I made somewhere along the way. When I started my business, I focused on, you know, working with individuals. And I also ran a very, a small business group (laughs) in my, in my office Thursday mornings that was local business owners. I think it was like a CEO of a roofing company and somebody that did massage. I mean, it was a group of different solopreneurs or business owners, right? And I thought it was going to be an eight-week course. And then at the end of eight weeks, they were like, well, what comes next, Deborah? And, And it went on for years. And realizing, you know, that the business owners, no matter what size of business that you have, 
you know, really have the same dilemmas as larger organizations. And so having come from a corporate world, I was able to migrate into larger organizations because all problems come down to people, product, profitability problems, no matter what size business you have. Right. So what does your business look like now? How are you helping people? How are you operating differently in your business now compared to when you first started it? Well, one of the things that somebody told me a while ago that I didn't quite believe or think that I was ready for, even as a business owner, was about focusing on scaling your business before you even needed it. And so, so what my business looks like now is that, you know, I do have a, a team of other people that, you know, I call in with, especially with larger contracts or a multi-level engagement and to be able to utilize them to, to do that delivery. But if I hadn't spent the time thinking, you know, of putting those, those interviews and those people in place long before I needed them, I wouldn't have been able to scale my business to where it is now. Right. So how do you bridge that gap being a solopreneur where it is just you and your business, but you, you have decided that you want to scale, but you're not quite there yet. So your business may not have the revenue uh, that mm -hmm. a scaled business would have, or may not have the growth or the clients or the audience yet. So how would you recommend that somebody who's just them still kind of closes that gap and prepares themselves to scale without going out of business? Well, first of all, again, it doesn't matter what size business that you have, but seeking out pockets of help that, you know, because if you have that CEO mindset, it's asking yourself, you know, am I the best one to do this, especially things that we might not be good at. Right. And, and so even without having the money, you don't need a dedicated employee. You could hire somebody on Fivers.com to make a graphics or a logo, or you can yeah. use ChatGPT to find the latest answers you know, for things that you might have. And even adding other people doesn't mean that they're full-time employees. I mean, even my own team of people are all 1099 contractors other than, a, than an assistant that I have. And that I utilize them and they're paid, you know, when they're also delivering services for the company. So it doesn't have to be that you have to have the revenue to be able to get the help you know, other than the small help that you might need along the way that you pay by the engagement of that help. Right. So how would you go about making sure that you find the right people, even if you're only looking to hire contractors? Yes. Well, you know, even as you know, you and I started talking earlier, it's about having systems in place, right? Yeah. And so, so one thing about having a system in place is to think about, you know, if you were to have an org chart, for your business and even you know it's your growth or org chart to think about the people that you might need and then thinking about what who would be the ideal person you know for that type of job what personality do they need what talents do they need and then to start to put together the questions about that you might use to interview people you yeah. know and and also be very specific that this is not a paid engagement it's uh you know pay for as needed um engagement so that you have people who are happy to be part of your team. And then I think it's like anything in business, it's keeping up the relationships. Yeah. So do you find that because you do have, it sounds like you do have one employee, right? Your assistant. And then you've got a team of contractors. Do you find that with contractors, it's difficult to build a culture within your business? Or do you find that it's similar 
and potentially just the same when you have employees versus having contractors? Yes, well, where where I all of my team has come from have been things that I have invested in myself, like have like right. being part of masterminds or training programs, and and so that naturally provides a likeness of culture, you know, because if we were both, you know, in a in a um, you know providing value to corporations class, it's more likely, you know, that they have a similar value and interest, you know, as as I do. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So what, what have you uh, done on kind of a daily or a weekly or what systems have you implemented in your business to really maintain that, that culture and create a place, a work environment where people want to be and they understand the vision of the business and they, they care about it to show up for it. Yes. Well, that's a great question. And, and actually what has has come over time is that I've also subcontracted for some of their businesses. So we know each other very well. But one thing that um, we've also done is some of these individuals are also part of a, a Friday morning mastermind, a mini mastermind that I have put together with other business owners because it's lonely to be yeah. in your own business. You have to surround yourself with other people who will not only challenge you, but will also support you in your vulnerability as well. And so through those relationships, through those Friday morning mini masterminds, you know, we've come to know each other, you know, personally and, and, you know, they also have answers sometimes that I don't come up with. So it's, it's great to surround yourself with other people. Right, right. Okay, I love that. Um, I keep hearing over and over again on these podcasts that building relationships is one of the the key things to moving business forward. Um, have you seen that as well as you've grown and scaled your business that relationships are really kind of the foundation there? Yes, definitely both and, you know, and growing my business and having relationships and supporting other people in their in their business. But even from my client perspective, I mean, a lot of them also have to have strategic relationships with their stakeholders, whether it's a customer or another department or what have you. And I think there's an opportunity even for Main Street business. A long time ago, I, I was on a, um, you know, kind of a board of, you know, growing our Main Street small businesses and, and to have storefronts decide that they're going to put, you know, a card for the jewelry store you know, in their pocketbook store, you know, that doesn't sell jewelry because that collaboration can work across the board, even on Main Street yeah. with small businesses. Right. Okay. So what was the, what was the first role that you hired? Cause I know a lot of people, there's a lot of people in the audience listening that have that resistance to being like, oh, like, where do I even get started with hiring? So what was that first role that you hired out? Yes. The first role I should have hired out. <laughs> would have been an accounting person because, you know, I am just not a QuickBooks Excel spreadsheet girl in any way. I handle all the people stuff, not that, that yeah. stuff, but that's what I should have hired out. But my first hires were definitely, you know, um, outsource people like in Fivers and, and, uh, and um, Design Crowd. Yeah. Did some of graphics for some of my books that I published and all of yeah. that. And then, having an assistant, even if it was a, for a small amount of time. And probably one thing that nobody really talks about is hiring help for yourself. <laughs> mm. You know, whether it's an occasional housekeeper, or whether it's 
picking up your groceries and paying the $5 fee instead of wandering the grocery store for two hours, you know, picking out your individual items. I mean, $5 is well worth getting back hours of your time. Right. So do you use any of those services to help yourself? That yes, I, yes, I will do the grocery, the grocery pickup. <laughs> nice. And, and I've also, um, you know, de- you know, have definitely utilized, you know, all, I continue to utilize the online, you know, services as well. And yes, I am fully dedicated. I wouldn't live without my biweekly housekeeper. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Okay, awesome. So what has been the biggest thing that you've learned from running a team and having it operate effectively? Well, there certainly is a lot with any team of team dynamics, Right. And so it's being able to, you know, I think it's knowing and growing your people, which is, you know, to understand everybody has a professional lane that they play full out in and to really allow people to live in that and thrive in that professional lane. So not to like if if I were to take on a role that I had to be doing accounting or something all the time, I would not succeed. Right. So don't ask me to look at spreadsheets. Right. So, you know, and so it's my team will honor me by, you know, giving me a word document, even though they might have a spreadsheet. And it's also making sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who have the talents that you don't have. Right. Yeah. So what would some of those be for you? Like what? So spreadsheets, but what else have you done and what other what other areas of your business have you outsourced? Well, one of the things that I've utilized when I'm teaming up with anybody is there's a great assessment called the the Colby Index A, mm-hmm. and it it's how you approach your work. So, for instance, I'm a nine out of ten quick start, which means I get an idea, I want to implement it immediately, and run, run, run. <laughs> the other the other personalities are a fact finder and a follow through. So having somebody on my team that is a strong follow through that I could give a one year contract to and they will be very glad to fill in all the different mile markers and what needs to do for preparation, put it all on my calendar, right. <laughs> you know, because that's their strength and they light up at that. You know, yeah. I light up at the new idea. And then I also have somebody on my team that I was once asked about being the president of a national woman's organization and and she turned to me and said, nope, we're not doing it this year. <laughs> Can't be done. <laughs> She's the shot caller. <laughs> so, you, so you need people around you who are different than you, but also not so different that there's conflict. And that's what also right. the Kobe will tell you that you'll have conflict with this person if it's radically different. Hmm, interesting. Okay, so would you recommend uh, teams going and taking that test when you are starting to bring people on? To see to see what the what the difference is because if if you're a quick start and you want to move ahead you don't want to hire somebody who wants to sit in a conference room or virtually with you for hours explaining yeah. all the details of what you're trying to get done right <laughs> because you know your own brainstem will start burning and you'll be ready to leap out the window so but at the same time you need somebody that can take your idea and really put the legs to it without maybe not involving you as much. Or if you're strong follow through, you don't want somebody that's a quick start that's gonna run with something just to put it in motion. (laughs) Right, yes. Okay, okay, this is very helpful. So 
You mentioned systems at the beginning. Um, and so what would you say has been the most important systems you've implemented uh, within your business? Yes, probably the most important one that I have done is when I have hired individuals, even if it's for a part-time basis or even for my assistant, I have asked them to have a, a living document of a standard operating procedure, SOP, document. So whether it's scheduling appointments for Deborah or, you know, sending something to accounting or scheduling a, an executive to an executive roundtable, they, whatever process that they use to do that, I have them document it because, yeah. you know, they, they might not be the same person in the next seat, but it really helps me to understand, you know, to really have this as part of my business. And as a business owner, it also makes your business more valuable when you have your processes documented. Yes. So what would you say were probably the most important processes to start documenting first? Yes, for me, um, because I work with organizations and, and teams, is oftentimes I'll, I'll start out with an assessment, yeah. you know, which has a lot of moving parts to it. Not only the people taking the assessment, but the introduction to the assessment, the emails, the reminders, the, the right. follow-up, the here's your report. And to have that all systematized, you know, with, you know, the duration of time in between and to have that. And it helps, you know, once you have documented it, then you can just, you know, pull from that resource and utilize again. But I also think there's an, also an important part of systems that we don't talk about is sometimes you've done something radically great. You know, you landed this wonderful client and then you don't even remember, how did I get here? What did I say in that first meeting? Right. You know, what was different that this all worked out and you're happily, you know, implementing or selling your services and you forgot how you got there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That's very, very helpful. So um, I'm curious as to what has been probably the biggest struggle that you face now as a business owner and what have you been working through in order to overcome that or, uh, you know, improve upon that challenge? Well, and I think, you know, every business owner evolves. And so periodically, it's also refining. I mean, sometimes when you've been in business a long time, like I have, there, there's many different things that you could do. And yeah. I once read the book Essentialism, which is about, you know, taking like a snarled ball of yarn and just focusing on one string. Yeah. And so now, so now my challenge really is, you know, what is the most important pieces of my work that are going to have, you know, an impact in the world and really help people and, and that, and the hard part is discarding, discarding the things that you're, you're good at or had some success with in order to do that refinement. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, so my last question to you is going to be looking back now, what advice would you give to somebody who is looking to make that transition? So they're a hardcore solopreneur, right? They've decided that they want to move into uh, being a business owner. How would they make that transition? What would be those first steps that you'd recommend? Mm -hmm. Yes. I, and again, I would come back to that having the CEO mindset, which also might mean that, you know, you sit in your regular chair, but go sit in another one. And from that perspective, look at your business and make the choices, you know, as a, as a CEO, you know, and that's what will immediately, I mean, it's not a growth spurt. You could immediately today become the business owner versus the solopreneur. 
Yes. Amazing. So where can people find you if they want to connect with you, if they want to hear more from you, where can they go? Well, my email is Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A, at therenegadeleader.com. Or if anybody wants to chat about their business growth, I'd be happy to do that. And it's a schedule with Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A.com. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. Is there anything else you want to add before we finish up? I just am cheering every solopreneur and business owner on. I mean, you are the ones that make the world a big different place. So keep it up even on the hard days. Amazing. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate your time. It means a lot. Super valuable. And let's go ahead and cue that outro. Thanks for listening to The Business Shift, where we chat about no-nonsense insights and strategies to help you transform your online business into a successful empire. If you or someone you know is an online business owner and are looking to increase the retention and ascension of their programs and outsource their fulfillment, I would love to connect. You can connect with us at yourclientsuccess.com. Until next time, keep shifting your business towards success.